Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. A couple of notes at the top. We are going to be traveling quite a bit in October. You can catch us in Columbus October 6th through the 9th at CXC, one of the great North American comics festivals. We will be talking comics. We will be selling comics. So check us out there. The end of the month, October 20th to the 30th, you can find us at Baltimore Comic-Con, one of the great comic book shows uh, in North America, at least that I've been to. So if you love comic books, that's a fun one. And the birthplace of cartoonist kayfabe. So fun to go back there. And October 22nd, you can catch me at Jacksonville Public Library for their comic and zine festival. We are coming up on Kayfabe-tober. That is uh, drawing prompts for every day of the month in October. You can find this on our Instagram. And we implore you, if you follow the cartoonist Kayfabe-tober prompts, to tag us and share these things on your social media. I'm excited to see some of our talented audience tackle some of these prompts. I'm sure it'll make for uh, a lot of really cool drawings. So uh, hashtag cartoonist Kayfabe and Kayfabe-tober if you put these on Instagram. And tag us with an at if you post them on Twitter. So, Ed, kind of a newer comic that we're looking at today, a very new comic, The Fantastic Four, Full Circle by Alex Ross, and Marvel Arts imprint at Abrams. Yes. So, a lot of interesting stuff here in this book. Absolutely, man. This book uh, was sent to us by the good people at Abrams with their press releases and things, man. So, so got to say that at the top. Uh, a lot of buzz around this thing. It is not a Marvel comic. Uh, I think that Alex Ross probably pretty expensive to get him to make comics and stuff and in order to get him to do such a thing it's got to make sense for him and for publishers like you know there's there's numbers to crunch and I don't think Marvel was putting out that that investment yeah it's a neat format it's very much what I would consider like almost a European album yeah. it's oversized you know like here's a comic book to give you some ideas so a little bigger than a standard comic book I'm not sure of the page count but maybe 48 pages something like that 60 pages I think I, he said 60 pages and uh, loaded with comics there's not a lot of back matter so again feels like uh, feels like the graphic novel album format that we see in European comics in some ways yeah for sure for sure I'm super super happy to go through this thing um, you know, it's a very bleeding edge Little Alex origin. Ross comic. Yeah, 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 it's cool. Uh, that's That kind of is like the traditional, there were those oversized like Paul Dini yes. uh, Batmans and shit. You know, it's it's a style that we know from him, like with Definitely. those kinds of things, with, with the gouache painting and and all of that kind of refinement and stuff. So so it's like you're getting eased in to this, uh, this new approach. And there are various videos on Alex Ross's uh, YouTube where he's what kind of waxing about this project and stuff. And he certainly has done more than the average bear uh, in terms of prep for putting the pages together. He, he like sculpted a thing. He sculpted all the figures so that he didn't have to use just photo reference. Like he could just like light these uh, sculpts that he made. They're like beautiful little sculptures. Sure. Uh, he used a Hulk body of like a Hulk toy and put this like epoxy shit on there that, that he was able to create the rocks and stuff and pose the thing. Somebody sculpted him a thing head and he made a smaller maquette that would fit on that Hulk body to create the thing so that he could pose it out. Just seeing the low angle under the eye of the thing feels like something new. Sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. And here's the thing. I love the two color here. The, the color, color the, the color is very, very standout. Uh, in in this comic, man, uh, the, his approach. Here's the thing, man. Like when when he's waxing on his mm -hmm. YouTube channel, and he's talking about like, you know, uh, 
trying to ex explore comics in the way that like you know people would have back in the days that this came out this is a sequel to this man this monster so think issue number 51 of of uh fantastic four we've done a video on that check that out it's it's worth checking out be before this uh but he so he's talking about like working within those parameters and those methods but like nothing in this comic is that way including the the, the finish that he brings to the table which is the inks, uh, this pencil stuff. I was going to ask, because I, I assume that's pencil and not yeah. dry brush, because I don't think you can control it. Correct. But I like that marriage. To me, that makes sense to deconstruct comics and think, like, I'm going to do something a little bit more comic-centric rather than the painting. Right. And to do both pencil and ink on the on pretty much every page has yes. a combo with that. I really like that concept. And a little of his... That's the thing. That's what I mean about Bleeding Edge. The concept of yeah. this is, is here, but I do think that this is, this is a, an unrefined kind of um yeah exposure i like, don't want to blow a spot yeah but i may forget it otherwise we're gonna get into the negative zone yeah it should have been a blacklight comic like once they hit the negative zone they could have done that with with the same printing process but different inks yeah and it would have been like and and you'll s remind me when we get there you know it'll be maybe more apparent when you see those pages there'll, there'll be a lot to talk about but uh there's some cool stuff in here i was i was pretty happy with this overall yeah me too so here's the th so here's uh at least from what i was able to understand from what he's saying on the you the youtube mm -hmm. uh videos um he does his pages and then he did composite like marker composites on so all practical work I would have loved yeah he, i would like to see those when he shows these shits he would do maybe two or three per page of yeah. like different color combinations that's all we needed we didn't need digital you know we didn't need this just johnson fella to like do digital versions but but i think that that's the division of labor what you're seeing here like yeah. he he did color color marker, guides almost. marker concepts and then this other dude uh digitized the stuff but i'm telling you he shows those marker comps it's, I gotta track it's, this it's down. It's so organic. Yeah, I gotta you know? track this like, down. Because there's a lot of mechanicalness to. I, I, I do see where you're coming from if you're um, if you're Charles Cockman at, at Abrams. Shouts to Uncle Charlie. In that, how do you you know like this is a pretty different looking project to begin with, and you're going it's Alex Ross as you say not cheap, but also Alex Ross is known for this. Yeah. And we're gonna get this instead. Yeah. And it's kind of like. It's scary. I I, I think if that you're, if you're if you're responsible for balancing the books, <laughs> you know you do. I, I'm sure it's a little bit scary. It's a big investment, and it's like, all right, we're gonna sell this Alex Ross that looks a little different than Alex Ross. We're here. We're we're talking this stuff. We have only a couple of those YouTube videos, and we have our own opinions and conjecture to put into this. Yes, we're talking comics, and and uh, we can make some suppositions because that's what we're like. I'm not here to just give you story information. I have my own thoughts and I think that because he he showed a lot of con like mock-up things there's an image yeah I mean there's a video where he's inking the thing and I think this is me projecting with very limited information I think that he would have liked to have tried to ink it like in a traditional kind of Joe Sinnott way and divorce like try to try to imagine this without the extra pencil uh -huh. fuss it's not pleasing like his inking just because he's cool at like wielding that shit when he's doing his gouache paintings and stuff his ink line is boring in a way and that extra little noise that he adds creates a little bit more warmth yeah. to the stuff and i think he wanted to try to be classic but when he saw what that result was 
because there's a lot there's so much noise really like like the pink and the yellow yes. like, like there's just a lot of noise and that's not a bad thing per se you know like i love seeing you don't there's no black in the mixtures of these colors right you know what i'm saying like it's totally saturated poppy fucking color uh which is super cool but there's even noise in the color so he's beyond the storytelling he's adding a lot of bells and whistles in his own way there's not much uh like lens flare like fades it's a lot of like blocks of color to uh to sell you on this stuff but it's very wild shit. I don't know if it shows up well on the screen for people, but there are dots too. Yeah. So I think that's probably a conscious effort of like referencing dots of old comics. Exactly. Um, and and I got nothing against that. Like, sure, why not? You know, you're trying to reference a certain. Obviously, it's a it's a reference to a story from the '60s. So like, there is an homage involved, and I think that you do that in different. I think we've done that in different ways. You know, like trying to do color and different things that are designed to look good but also in some cases designed to reference time periods and things like that so i think you see some of that mix going on and i just think it's exciting that an artist as successful as alex ross style wise goes let me try something different a thousand percent absolutely man that's that's what i like this for because he never needed to do anything else ever in his uh -uh. life like he could be doing portraits of superman and selling those for five six figures forever, forever absolutely man so so like it's so commendable to see the guy stretch himself a little bit get out of his comfort zone a touch do something um i also think of him as full-on fanboy yeah just full-on uh there's there's a like dividing line like when they show his studio and stuff there are the guys who are like hashtag life goals you know to have like every Mego figure and uh -huh. shit like that and there are other guys who are like what a fucking man child and shit like that, right? So he is firmly fanboy. Uh, it's probably a conversation for for another day in terms of like, you know, cost benefit to the consumer because this is like, like, does it deserve such a deluxe treatment in terms of customer dollars spent? Because it's a comic that you read and will forget about in terms of story or you know the story is he's an artist. Which by the way, I want to also put out props to like like these writers man they got a lot of power in comics right now all artists should write their stories whether it sucks or not yes you know stretch your chops learn it you learn to draw do a bunch of comics you probably learn to write you know serviceably so mad props for writing it but it's still it's it's uh the writing hasn't caught up to his draftsmanship or wh whatever you want to say yeah, keeping it the idea that this is a sequel to uh, this man, this monster. Yeah, it does kind of feel Silver Age, right? And, it's and a Silver Age comic. So I don't, I don't know. Like I didn't mind the writing; it didn't stand out to me. I, I was pleasantly surprised overall by this. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't know what his ambition was either right. in terms of that story, well, because this this could be story-wise, it might be closer to that Silver totally. Age totally than it is art-wise. Yeah, totally. Like art, there's some. It's very cutting edge in a lot of ways. Totally. Um, but story-wise, it does fit pretty well with, you know, and there's your homage, right, to the, sure. this man, this monster splash page, which is always fun to see in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, that's a Kirby piece. So he will bring in some yes. of his more, like, the stuff that we're used to when it's in flashback sequences. I think his thing is phenomenal. Yeah. I absolutely love it. It makes me want to seek out that video and see, like, how he's putting that stuff together. Yeah. By the way, coloring some of his um, black lines, too. Totally. A technique that we talk about quite a bit but makes for a very nice page where it's like, okay, now we're connecting these two faces. You know, it's almost like directional devices with that. And that lamp is a Kirby collage. You almost, <laughs> you know, totally. You almost uh, don't see just like 
typical Caucasian peach flesh anywhere in this comic. No, I like Every- the color uh, the color guides too. Yeah, there's a lot of thought of like two colors maybe on a lot of these scenes. Sure, and sure. Some, some real. Uh, I like a lot of the color choices. And, and it's and it's CMY type shit, you know. Yes. Like there, like there's a lot of thoughts to go. White is a is a color. Sure. You know, being used as a color, gotta Very appreciate important. that. And the flashbacks is where you see a lot of the painted stuff, which I think works. You know, it's a different a different treatment to delineate a different time. Absolutely. And then just like little bits of. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, like a color hold. This would have been totally. a color hold in Neil Adams' uh, era. Totally, Neil Adams comes to mind uh, when looking at this because uh, Alex Ross's like slavish devotion to, to reference. Uh, it makes me appreciate Kirby more when I look at this because it has its limitations. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a Neil Adams like pose, and and you get that pose because you look you follow basic anatomical structure and don't play with it that much i love this and didn't notice it the first time this is kirby cackle yeah. as interpreted through like the washes and mm-hmm. the, the paint that he's doing for a background which is kind of fun to see because i'm sure he's thought of this quite a bit you know i mean he's been doing kirby stuff since the early 90s so i think that's probably a major piece and uh and you get to see like there are tons of these pages where they're dynamic layouts yeah which again i like a lot and it's something that often you don't see in like a heavily photo referenced piece like usually that's very stiff and static and this one it is like you're flying around the pages sometimes maybe not successfully but overall it is like this is an action comic yeah and I, you're not going to forget it on too many pages i never felt uh, confused as per the the storytelling so so it, to me it was successful um and that's commendable because there are no real gutters it's like all color everywhere and if white is used it's used specifically for the composition stuff so you have images touching panel borders from multiple panels you could fuck that up real easy like you could see how something like that could be fucked up i didn't detect any uncomfortable tangents that took me out of the story which speaks to you know his mother alex ross's mother was like a a professional illustrator and probably you know informed he knew about tangents before you and i knew about tangents and things this is a wild tangent sue's leg yeah but also almost perfectly sue's hair with her hair yeah sure but no problem with the reading experience and another place where you would see this kind of stuff is new adam's work so there's a lot of like push pull it's 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 uh it's there's kirby to it but then there's also you know continuity i, I would type say shit like um colorists check out this book because yeah, he definitely. uses color to create like clarity and, and points of interest totally pretty awesome especially for something that has this much like black going on you're not going to be able to do like your blacks as sort of your focal points yeah does color really well and when you mentioned about him doing like marker guides for some of the coloring you i can see why like it had these have to be alex ross figuring out the it's colors choices, you know and like yeah. planes of the face and stuff like that i just don't i don't know that you could trust the colorist to do that so it makes sense that you would you would have Ross weighing in on that stuff. His human torch is phenomenal. Yeah, and he's keeping his same human torch that, that he sort of, you know, we've, we've seen him establish that human torch. It's a really good effect. Um, something I wanted to say from the beginning is you would see his pencil drawings all the way back into the 90s. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of times it'd be like character designs, but once in a while you'd see a cover or something like, um, I think the Extreme Source book, it was like Supreme sure. on the cover. And I always loved those pencil drawings, honestly, more than a lot of his paintings. And so it's kind of neat to see him working in that way. And I bet you he heard this from other people, like, oh, yeah. I really like those drawings. You know, do more drawings. Let's see more drawings. So it's kind of cool to see that. Man, it's crazy how dense these pages are, too. You know, he's really building a lot in and not a lot of gutters. So, like, when you have no gutter, 
that's more of like you got to be conscious of those tangents. Absolutely. You got to be smart about your color indicating where one moment ends and another begins. Oh, there's some of that fanboy shit, man, because he's got like the little robot from the oh, cartoon. Yeah. And they have many little robots. I think there's a lot of fanboy shit. You know, I've been talking it's, about it's fan, fan fiction. Fan fiction. The, the, this is this is Alex Ross it's Fantastic Four Grand Design. In. It's the world we live in with that stuff. The costume I think looks really cool, and I just imagine like black ink lines. You know, doing giving it that sheen by having a lot of black on there. Yeah, he even sewed like when we get to the iridescent. All right, so quick pause to do some business here. If you want to keep Cartoonist Kayfabe on the air for free, we are working cartoonists, and the way we pay the bills is we sell our comics. My latest comics. Speaking of fan work and uh, fan art, Hulk Grand Design Monster Madness. These two issues, 40 pages each, retell the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. They are available now wherever comic books are bought and sold. There is a large treasury size edition, bigger even than this Alex Ross Fantastic Four. Coming out in January, you can pre-order that now wherever you get books, including your local comic shop. Street Angel Deadly Scroll Live, collection of all of these Street Angel uh, image comics in full color, available back in print after almost a year of being unavailable. So pick that up wherever you get comics. Ed Piscor's Trigger Warnings, the second volume of Red Room, is now available in comic shops and bookstores everywhere. These are both self-contained, Anti-Social Network and Trigger Warnings. So whichever one crosses your path first is the perfect place to start. Completely self-contained stories and uh, four completely self-contained stories in each of these volumes. Perfect for that horror fan in your life. And now... Back to Alex Ross, Fantastic Four fan fiction. Ed, one thing that I uh, I don't know the total backstory of this of this project, but I remember year, maybe a year or two ago there was like an Alex Ross proposal. I think it was a proposal floating around of these Fantastic Four designs. It looked like this. Yeah. Like some of the art from this yeah. was in that post. I saw it on social media, and it felt like he had pitched this Fantastic Four idea to Marvel, and they passed on it. And it was a year or two ago that I, maybe three years ago that I saw that, and I, I think that may be what this climbed out of. So I don't know if it's something that Abrams saw it and was like, "That stuff's good," because it was it was amazing, yeah. you know. And it's what we're seeing in this book: a lot of cool color, a lot of cool uh, designs. And so I wonder if that's you know if that's what this grew out of, like sure. a uh, proposal that didn't work at Marvel but found another home in Abrams. Yeah. And then again, you're seeing like flashbacks to the negative zone where he's going back into more of his painter style. Yeah. Nice contrast. Get, get to see what his annihilus looks like. There's one moment here where I go, Mike Allred. Uh-huh. Maybe Laura Allred. But there's one moment there, and it makes sense, because I think of the Allreds as another one of these creators that it's it's fan art in a way. Yeah. Like, there's so much comics DNA in, in the lines, in the, in the pages, that it feels like a fan, and I see it again here. And I do love this kind of, like, two colors. It really sings. It's wild. You know, like... That like magenta for, like, your second color on shadows. Against that green. Like, you would never think it could work. And maybe it doesn't, but I'm glad it's in there. Yeah, whether it works or not, it's something I haven't seen before. Which Super is, poppy. Show me Fantastic Four in a way I haven't seen them before. Uh -huh. You know, I mean, this is a series that's been around for 60-plus years. Like, it's not easy to do a new Fantastic Four. So these, like, this iridescent kind of suit, he... On his like Mego figures or whatever, like he created, he had this exact the iridescent material and sewed his own Fantastic Four suits for those colors, so that he, like these are accurate colors to how he sh lighted his his reference materials. So here's a storytelling piece. Don't have them running in sync. 
Right. <laughs> Just switch up one of their legs. Which one's first? You know, that's that's a uh, you know Hanna Barbera type yeah. shit. He's into that. That's the thing, man. Like it, it does feel like once you say that, it feels like an animation panel. His his and maybe I'm 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 back on board. His fanboyishness stops at a point. Like like uh, you know we dug Image Comics yeah, and yeah. whatever, and then continue to grow and then you still discover new people and it's like you know last year you know albert brescia like pops up on your radar or something like that there's cool. no evidence that he's that guy like and i and i know people that were like okay so you dig speed racer you ever see the manga nah like you know he liked the show right battle of the planets like this and that nah like i don't care about the manga that the guy who created battle of the planets did i just like battle of the planets i don't even want to watch gacha man i want to watch the one that is voiced by my people that has all the shit cut out like he's a very specific rigid nerd of like the stuff that he grew up i feel like with his um dc shit i feel like he wants like in his mind the justice league is the justice league from that like celebrity roast from the tv show with like the hawkman with the plat with the with the cardboard <laughs> right. wings and shit like that's what the jla is to him and shit so he's just super specific and and like caught into this moment of time. Um, I love this page. I love everything about it. There's an Easter egg of like the, there's a Fantastic Four cover that's this way. You know, it's red, black, and white. Love it, yeah. Really cool. Kirby. I love these angles, you know, like we mentioned Neil Adams a minute ago. That face totally looks like an homage to like a Neil Adams kind of drawing and even the layout. The composition for sure. Yeah. yeah. And here's the thing, because sometimes that stuff gets really hard to read. The lettering, there's no mistake. You don't have yeah. to be out of your mind to read a word balloon out of order Absolutely. on this page. Absolutely. And I have this idea of like, I want to do a video where I take some of these pages and all I do is like trace the word balloons. Don't draw the anything else and see if they're readable. Because like, it's almost like I credit the letter a lot here. Yeah. And I don't know, man, maybe Ross is doing that as part of his layout. I'm sure he is. But it makes for a great page. And it's so cool because even the vehicle is at this angle. You know, like they're going, there's motion. You and, can barely stay on this page. There's so much motion. And by the way, that's almost Makagogo. Oh, yeah. Street ra street racer. That's, that's some of the fun stuff of this comic is where he goes like full on comics. Yeah. And now, again, there's so many of these pages that are just spread like force you know force of nature on these spreads yeah and a total homage to me of like the kirby collage a thousand percent except this motherfucker's doing it himself yeah. like he ain't cu cutting shit up from time life magazine or whatever uh the poses no adams type poses like i said the, this is the strict limits of that photo referencing style where everything's kind of sound and, and it's all tight but that's about as much as you're gonna get. And that's this is stuff that makes me appreciate Kirby mm -hmm. because I like the wonky fucking big foot that might be right there or super giant or small hand, depending. Like if it was Kirby, these feet would be yeah. way more gigantic, but it's very like locked into what it is. So he stretches the limit of like what you can do with this kind of thing, but it shows you the limit. Yeah, it's it's good stuff though. I even like like the panels are all at a slightly different angle as so we're like getting into the weirdness. The color and then you have this monochromatic. And creating depth whenever you're doing this kind of a almost collage background or a, a, a negative zone. Sure. Very challenging. Yeah. And I think he does a good job with Sue Storm, with Human Torch's path. Like you're going you're going into these pages. And again, like the just the Kirbyism, the cartoony world. And this is the part where in my mind I'm reading this and I'm going Oh yeah, swap out your ink. Yeah, because here we a, go. Flip he, it. He has clean colors. Flip it. I mean, that's a blacklight poster, this, everybody. This right here is like this is the Alex Zwerit color palette. 
that these motherfuckers are using, man. This is good Full stuff. Full on. Total homage to those black light Kirby posters, for Absolutely. sure. Uh, but, like, you know, Alexis Zirit primes the pump, in my mind, for pu- making those those black light look in, you know, comic pages. And that's what this feels like, big Annihilus head. It reminds me of the two-page Kirby stuff from the 70s, like whenever yeah. he'd be drawing gods and you're just sure. getting, like, a little piece of them because they're so big. The spikes on the shoulder pads and then white outlines for your figures because Sue's made them invisible so you can follow them. It still reads. You know, and the white actually, I think, makes the figures visible what's real wild is reading this comic like getting to this page i'm not really paying i'm just seeing shapes and like machinery or something like that and then i see these guys and then at a certain point you realize that that's annihilus and we're looking at our monitor here and you really can see the annihilus figure very very clearly and you know you're so micro here because you're paying attention to our guys here and then it takes you a second you're like oh shit that's a big ass character in the foreground yeah yeah and little abstractions like some of the black choices and the black marks remind me of kirby it's not the kirby language but he would use that really well this is kirby language these patterns right there and and you know what else it is dude how big he drew this this is the fucking this is the goddamn doc martin dies Kirby gods kind of shit yes it is where he's using all the black and then has has those like very bright colors maybe that's what's informing some of this shit because like he he was talking about like an evolution of kirby and those kirby uh watercolors first off it's something that speaks ross's language with the medium in a way like washes sure is his his paint and kirby was using doc martin dyes but still just the application of color wow and you know you turn the page after that thinking like well how do you top that and he continues to do these like amazing canvases yeah, I do think he takes good advantage of an oversized page and being able to control his spreads. It's this stuff. Like I feel like he he this likes is your, this is where your, your black light would have, you know, put in those fluorescent inks. It'll because, be cool. Uh, yeah, Skinner, Skinner, like those <laughs> dudes, man. You know, it's it's a lot of money shots in this thing. Oh yeah. And I like the designs of a lot of these creatures too. They look good. You know, sometimes that's a place where people fall down and that they don't do good monsters or whatever but several of these they're varied enough that it's pretty interesting as your eye wanders around the page and it gives you opportunity you separate them with color um fantastic four look great look at that like mid light like the, sh- the shadow part is a, is a green mm-hmm. like that would be black in black line repro and his page layouts they continue to be a strength and, and i commend him for that because man people drop the ball in there using your uh, your black and coming in and out of that and now you're back how about mark texiera sure to me comes to mind with uh you know like i i often fail to describe his work in ways that what i see in it i see some of this like there's an illustration technique that's in some of his drawings and in his ink work that really pops and weirdly i can see it in alex ross yeah yeah some of the, that eyeball jumping totally out. totally some of the color stuff too um there was i don't know if and maybe you know this um there were these heavy metal comics that Neil Adams did with Mike Hinge. And I, and I don't know if Mike Hinge was like in continuity studios for a minute or something like that, but it would be, think of the, the Neil Adams yeah. kind of character squash and stretch and perspectives and stuff. And like some of that Mike Hinge color where it would just be very psychedelic colors, like butted up against each other. There are elements of that that I see in here. 
and I and I wanted to bring that up because maybe we skipped a couple pages but maybe we're not there yet but if we if we skip those pages I just had to bring that up because I feel like there's at least a tiny bit of influence from this Mike Hinge, Neil Adams. Do you know what era those are? Because I need Late to go 70s, home and look 80s. at them. Okay, I may have those. The super early '80s. Uh, I also like the way Reed is stretched often in this. Not just here, but other places. But I think it looks it looks pretty cool most of the time, and I think it looks good here, and it looks a little torturous. Here. Not 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 bad, but I, but I actually feel the opposite. Oh, like there's a lot of Reed Richards, like you know, regular man proportionality, yeah. and when he would stretch it, it would just you see the limits and you make and it makes me appreciate Kirby yeah that thing faces crazy this would probably be like some of the Mike Hinge kind of stuff because he would do like green against the orange that's really good I think the white again using the white kind of as a as a color yeah really helps gives you that full contrast That's good too. I love three eyes. You know, you're you're playing with a psychedelic character, so that's one of the good moments to uh, to exploit that a little bit. So here's one I really. Oh, like. that's incredible. That's that's <laughs> you know, fantastic. Like, it's everywhere. It's it's all over that page. It's in and out. And now they're uh, continuing this adventure. And I wonder if we if we stop and don't do the whole book since this is a new book for people. Um, you know, there's still another segment of this to go as they find like a counter earth and they're going to find some recurring characters and things uh, on this earth. I think you've seen enough probably at home to, to judge whether this is something you want to spend more time with. If it's something you want to track down on your own. Um, I had fun with this. I had a lot of fun with this. Didn't know what to expect, but I feel like I said at the beginning, you know, it's like an artist that really doesn't have anything to prove or show and yeah. yet comes up and does a lot of new stuff for him. Yeah. And quite frankly, Kind of new stuff for for Fantastic in Four, a, way. a Marvel comic style uh, storytelling, and I had fun spending time with it and talking about it. <laughs> Someone in the chat said there is no crying in comics, and I think we have some of those panels that co coming. That's what you're missing, I think, <laughs> is some some tears. I mean, it's a very uh, some very melodramatic tears. But all those things that you say are the things that I praise about this book. This dude didn't have to be making comics. Uh, he's stretching himself by uh, allowing some. I just can't help myself. <laughs> some some new, trying trying some new things. Uh, I love the color approach, and I think that it's something worth worth studying for for your own comics to just try to see how you could push color. I I I, I could see Tom fucking blo getting his mind blown. Yes. At, yeah. At, I wish Tom the, was here for this. I, yeah. I, I would love to hear Tom's thoughts on at, this. At, at the colors in here. And I promote the idea of artists writing their own stories, win, lose, or draw. Like, just just do it and figure that part out because, you know, the writer who's able to write five things per month is going to have a better shot at success in life than, than uh, you know, just an artist who could do one thing per month. So maybe you should just draw what you want to draw. And also, this feels like a labor of love. Yeah. We often slam jobbers. This feels like, and you know, this is a job kind of comic. You're working on characters you don't own, but it feels really sincere, and that's what you get if you write your own stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like somebody wrote a Fantastic Four story, and I like Fantastic Four. There's a few things I don't want to draw, but overall, hey, it's right. write it yourself. Like, yeah. make it the love letter that you want it to be. I mean, this is a love letter to the Kirby uh, Lee Fantastic Four 
comics and it shows you know it shows page after page it looks like there's nothing alex ross would have rather been doing than drawing this page when he was drawing it yeah 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 he has such a reverence for for that material and it's and it's worth it for those reasons you know like all right so we'll leave that leonard nimoy section at the end uh, <laughs> right do, leonard... do, do you think that was leonard nimoy it, i did i did see leonard nimoy in there <laughs> and there, there's a, uh, a a woman character with like a pronounced brow i really like that character design so there's still good stuff in here that we didn't uh, not going to spoil um but a pretty fun outing and it makes me curious like what else does abrams have planned they have plan they have plans man they have plans uh we'll leave it at that man you good to go yes Okay, favors like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, what's out there? Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive. My collection from Image Comics is back in print, full color, and back in comic shops everywhere. So pick that up wherever you buy books. Hulk, Grand Design, Monster Madness, my two oversized issues of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk are available in comic shops everywhere, assuming supplies are still uh, available. The collection will be out in January, and you can pre-order that now at your local comic shop or wherever you buy books. And you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where you can see a lot more of my comics and art. Red Room Trigger Warning is out in stores at this very moment. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. Contains the 2022 season of Red Room comic books. Four issues uh, put in there with about 70 pages of additional materials. All those issues are self-contained, which makes the book reasonably self-contained. If this is your first uh, exposure to the comic when you're out at the stands, scoop it up. You're not going to miss anything. And if you dig it, grab the first one. I'm serializing the next round of Red Room comics on my Patreon and beyond. Uh, there's a lot more comics that I'm going to be uh, putting on on uh, Patreon. Also, three bucks to get you the archive, get you all of these comics, plus this forthcoming stuff that hasn't seen print. You can hit up my link tree in the description below this video to get to those destinations. Jimmy, what else do we have out there? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, uh, fanny packs, and more at our spread shop. The link is also below this video. Another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel. Giving us marching orders, Jimmy, will be on our way. Read more comics.